0: Welcome back listeners, it is officially the start of season 3 of Braves Dugout Podcast. Thank you so much, I'm your host Sam Peebles and I'm ecstatic to have you back. I can't believe it's already season 3, this is absolutely insane. We've got a ton to talk about, a lot has happened in the past few months and I cannot wait to get started. What we're going to talk about mostly today is the Freddie Freeman and Matt Olsen saga what went down, what how they stacked up statistically and all of that. I cannot wait to dig into it. Don't forget to go on Apple and leave your five star rating or wherever you get your podcast. And with that, let's get started. So, a lot of things have gone down since our last bonus episode. The last thing we really talked about is what we thought was going to happen with the offseason. And things like that. And boy, did a lot happen. So, there's a lot to unpack there. So, I, what I really want to do is break down the off season as well as I can. So, what I'm going to do is wait just a few more weeks. Maybe one more week, whatever. To really... Wait till the Braves have kind of finished their offseason so I can break down. Because man, so much stuff has happened. The Matt Olsen, Freddie Freeman, which we'll talk about today. Kenley Jansen out of nowhere. Eddie Rosario is coming back. I mean, so much stuff that it would take probably a three-hour episode to really get into. And as you know, I like to keep these things around 30 minutes to an hour. Because myself personally, those are my favorite type of podcast episodes. And I think they work well. So today we're going to do what Braves Dugout podcast does best, and that is a statistical deep dive on the Freddie Freeman and Matt Olsen saga. First, before we dig into the statistics and all that stuff, I just want to encourage all of you to kind of step away from the noise a little bit and kind of realize that, you know, you hear the cliche, baseball is a business. And yes, that is true. But that is also a scapegoat answer. What I want you to look at is Freddie Freeman and his camp are saying one thing. The Braves front office and Alex Anthopoulos are saying another. And you can't just be like, well, Freddie said this, so blah, blah, blah. Or Alex Anthopoulos said this, so blah, blah, blah. No, it doesn't work like that. Like You have to take it with a grain of salt. We do not know exactly what happened. Just because one camp said something does not mean that they are telling the whole truth. Freddie Freeman has his reputation to uphold. He is a Dodger now, and he wants to look good for the Dodger fans. Alex Anthopoulos, on the other hand, wants to look good for the Braves fans. It's his job to make the Braves a better team, and he does not want to make the Braves look bad with this move. So he's saying one thing. Freddie Freeman saying another. What I think is what really happened was Freddie Freeman, as he should have, don't get me wrong here, he should have done this, tried to pull his full market value. And by doing so, he leveraged the Atlanta Braves because he thought the Braves really wanted him back. He kind of did the opposite of what happened with John Smoltz. John Smoltz, the scenario was the Braves just assumed he was coming back. And so they didn't offer him anything crazy, whereas the Red Sox did. And so he said, you know what, I've done my time with the Braves. The Braves didn't really give me my market value offer. The Red Sox did. I'll go play for the Red Sox. So that's what happened. The kind of opposite thing happened with Freddie Freeman. He knew his market value. His agent and him decided that he was worth more than the five-year $140 million. And that's fair. He probably was. And so, all things considered, all the bidding teams like the Braves, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Padres, the Dodgers, maybe even the Angels, you know. Based on that moment in time, you got to realize that free agency is fluid. As we just saw with Carlos Correa, he did not sign a 10-year, $300 million deal. He ended up just signing a 3-year deal worth $105 million because he's young enough to where he can bet on himself. Freddie Freeman is not. So he was trying to get the max value that he possibly could. So what that means is he knew the Braves were a big suitor. He knew the Braves were going to spend a lot of money. They just won a World Series. They just made over $100 million in profit, not just revenue, in profit last year after the World Series. He knew that they had money to spend. So he assumed that the Braves were ultimately wanting to bring him back. But he knew that the Dodgers wanted him. So, he was doing what a lot of the big free agents do. They waited it out and basically force someone to pay them the money they want. The issue is, Freddie Freeman is an aging first baseman. Historically, no matter how good your bat is, and I'll say historically, I'm going to say historically recently. Now that more and more analytics have come out, now that we realize that aging first basemen are not exactly where you want to invest all your money. I mean, just think about it. The last time there was a really big contract with a first baseman was Paul Goldschmidt, and that was an extension, not a free agency, and he was younger than Freddie is now. If you look back, the last big contract to a first baseman, free agent-wise, was Albert Pujols, and that did not work out well. I'm not saying that Freddie Freeman has the same body type as Albert Pujols and would have such a decline but at the same time, Albert Pujols was also a lot better than Freddie Freeman. That's not a dog on Freddie Freeman. Freddie Freeman has probably a Hall of Fame trajectory. Albert Pujols is one of the best all time at for the first 10 years of his career. Like, and that's the last big contract that they gave to a first baseman. I do think Freddie Freeman and his agent overplayed his hand, and they didn't sp- suspect what would happen. They figured, well. The Braves are running out of time. They want me back. Well, they were running out of time. And so, you know, Alex Anthopoulos is claiming, well, the Braves front office rather is claiming that they got two offers. They said that Brady, Freddie Freeman's agent called and said, you have two options here. Here they are. You have one hour to decide. If that's the case, that's why Matt Olson was traded for almost instantaneously and because why would you risk it because if you really think about it matt Olson is not replacing freddie freeman freddie freeman was already a free agent there was no guarantee that freddie freeman was coming back there was other suitors and if you're giving an ultimatum like that that means that other teams want him so what does that mean there's no guarantee he's coming back So if you're giving Alex Anthopoulos an hour to make a decision, Alex Anthopoulos called his bluff. Now, Freddie Freeman is claiming he was blindsided by that trade. If he was actually in communication with his agent, and that's what happened was the one hour ultimatum, that's not a blindside. What that is is, wow, they called my bluff. I was not expecting that. It's not the same thing. Is that the true story? We don't know. That is just from that side. The other side is, Freddie Freeman was blindsided by the trade, and what he said about only getting two phone calls is true, and his agent in him might have interpreted that as, well the Braves really don't want to work with us, when in actuality, the Braves have been talking to Freddie Freeman for years, why would they continue to call him? I'm not trying to place blame on anybody. If there's blame on anybody, it's on Freddie Freeman's agent, it's not on Freddie Freeman. It's not an Alex Anthopoulos. What is really funny, though, is on Twitter, before this whole thing happened, probably a day or two before it happened, I posted a poll on Twitter, and I said, if Freddie Freeman signs elsewhere, who are we going to be mad at? And obviously, it's kind of in jest. I I don't really want to be mad at anybody, but it is interesting to see what Twitter's reaction would be. And I said, are we going to be mad at Alex Anthopoulos? Or are we going to mad at Freddie Freeman? And then I put a joke answer in there as, or Bryce Harper. Because for whatever reason, a lot of the fan base, especially on Facebook side of things, absolutely love to bash Bryce Harper for literally no reason. It's kind of like the years ago when the thanks Obama joke was like something stupid would happen. People would just say thanks Obama. It's almost like that with the Braves. It's like, thanks Bryce Harper. It's your fault. We hate you. And and I, it's not warranted. Bryce Harper's an excellent player, and has matured as a human being tremendously over the past few years. So that's why I thought it, it's absolutely hilarious. And funny enough, Bryce Harper won that poll. It was like by like he had like forty six percent of the votes. But let's take that out. Thirty nine percent of the vote said they'd be upset with Alex Anthopoulos, and thirteen percent of the vote said Freddie Freeman. So really, the true math was forty eight percent joked around with Bryce Harper, which is. Pretty funny because there it was not like there was just ten votes or something. There was a, a quite a bit of votes on this poll. What's funny is now that we saw what Alex anthopoulos did and brought in Matt Olson, it almost in seeing the presser with Freddie Freeman, it almost seems like fans, social media across all platforms, are upset with Freddie Freeman, uh, which is kind of funny that it flipped like that. But I had been saying for months, maybe over a year, that there is a possibility that Freddie Freeman would leave. And when I said that, you know, on my articles or comments on this podcast or whatever, people would basically call me crazy. Oh, there's no way that he's leaving. You know, you're not a true fan if you think that, or you need to rethink writing if you think Freddie Freeman's ever going to leave. And I'm like, come on, guys. You know, it's definitely a possibility here. And and I'm just going to toot my horn for a little bit. This is one of the worst, you know, I told you so's ever. We obviously wanted Freddie Freeman back. But Matt Olson is a great plan B you know and so I'm, I'm so thankful that that Alex Anthopoulos went out there got Matt Olson and you know we'll talk about it statistically a little bit later. What I don't want people to do is I don't want people to say, well, Freddie Freeman since that he took the six year 162 million dollar deal with the Dodgers, he was never gonna come back to the Braves because, with taxes, that's the same amount as he would have got with the Braves. First of all, I've ran the math, and that's not true. He still came out $10.4 million ahead by going to the Dodgers, right? Even though that money, some of it is deferred, $50 million or so of it is deferred, that does not mean that it's still worth the same amount, right? If he was to get $140 million in the next six years from the Braves versus the with the def- 162 with 56 of it deferred from the Dodgers it still is more money with the Dodgers with it, inflation doesn't only work one way like the inflation would have worked on the 140 million as well as time went on you know so like if you got paid if you got stopped paying that 140 million at the six year mark inflation still happens years after that yeah the deferred money will seem like less over time but it's not It's still still more money that he's getting from the Dodgers, right? And I know that California state taxes are higher than Georgia, but trust me, I ran the math. He is getting $10.4 million. Also, it's not like, oh, he got the five-year $140 million deal from the Braves and the six-year $162 million offer from the Dodgers at the exact same time, and he chose the Dodgers. No. What happened was... At the moment at that moment in time, the Braves offered five, one forty. And at that moment in time, because Freddie Freeman could leverage the Braves, his market value was higher than six years, 162 million. Right? And so he could have got more from the Dodgers if the Braves did not call his bluff and trade for Matt Olson. Well, he lost one of his biggest suitors instantaneously when they traded for Matt Olson. So what does that do to your market value? It drops it a lot. If he would have taken an offer from the Dodgers, if the Dodgers would have handed him an, an official offer at the exact same time as the Braves would have offered him the five-year $140 million, it would have been more. But since the Braves were no longer a suitor, his value dropped. That's how it works. It's how it's always worked it's supply versus demand economics 101 his demand went down so his value went down it's just how it works which is why you saw people like and i hate to bring up the name because you know a lot of fans are upset with marcelo zuno and and i'm not disagreeing that they should be but we saw him end up signing for a lot less than his market value because he waited too long and he lost all of his suitors except for basically the Braves. So the Braves were able to get him for like $15 million below his market value. It happens all the time. The free agency and market value is fluid. It changes literally every day in the offseason. And at that moment in time, Freddie Freeman's value was probably at its lowest because he had just lost his other biggest suitor. The Yankees, they said they wanted him, but they were perfectly fine going with Anthony Rizzo we saw. And the Padres just didn't have the money that they wanted to spend. The Red Sox could have been smoke and mirrors. Who knows? But, Or maybe they just weren't aggressive and they were just kicking the tires. So, But what I'm getting at is we cannot look at this situation and say, because Freddie Freeman signed the contract that he did, oh, that means he was never going to sign with Atlanta. That's not true. He was figuring out his market value, seeing what worked best for him and his family, what was more money. All that was going on at the same time. It's not mutually exclusive. It's not, oh, he was going to leave Atlanta, or no, he wasn't. Like, they were. it changed by the day. could have changed by the hour. It's not as black and white as that, and I just want to get that across. Another thing I'm not liking seeing is a lot of people are comparing Freddie Freeman to Chipper Jones. First of all, name another player besides Chipper Jones that spent 20 years with the Atlanta Braves in the past since your lifetime. It doesn't happen that often, you know, so you're, you're comparing Freddie Freeman to one guy over literally thousands of Braves players, okay, like, that's not fair to Freddie in the first place. Second of all, it's not the same situation. Freddie Freeman was a free agent. He was no longer on the Braves. The Braves were trying to get him back, whereas with Chipper Jones, he was already on the Braves and they restructured his contract. That is apples and oranges. Chipper already had his guaranteed money. He did not have multiple teams coming at him with more money at the same time. He just was talking to the Braves with his contract that he already had guaranteed and decided to take a little bit less money in the moment. Yes, I get the idea. Well, he took a little bit less money, but it wasn't that he took less money to stay with the Braves. It was, I'm already happy in my situation. i know that if I restructure my contract that I already have then the Atlanta Braves can bring in better players to support me yes I love that as fans should I'm just saying it's not the same thing as the Freddie Freeman situation so we don't need to do that also for the love of God if you're one of those people that are blaming Chelsea Freeman for this whole thing please stop that's not it That's just not a good look for you. It's not the case. It's not a good look. Don't do it. Like, think about it. For those of you that have a spouse or a significant other, surely you're not the one saying this. Surely it's people that have not been in a long-term relationship or whatever. I can tell you after being married for over a decade, that is not how this works. It's not, hey, my spouse wants me to move across the country, possibly you know give up millions of dollars or whatever just because i want to live in la no you have legitimate commerce and this i'm not trying to give like relationship advice or whatever that's just not how it works folks like you're a part you're in a partnership with your spouse and if you're the one that's has a career or whatever your spouse if they're a good spouse and chelsea freeman seems to be an excellent spouse to freddie freeman she's always supporting him would not say, hey, I don't care what you want to do. This is the career path in your career that I'm going to make you do. If that was the case, they would not be married. That's not how it works. And with that, before I get too worked up about something that literally has nothing to do about baseball, (laughs) let's take a break and then we'll jump into the actual statistics of Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson. This week's episode is brought to you by... Morning Shift Media, the newest sports media outlet bringing you everything you need to know about the great game of baseball. Morning Shift Media is a group of writers, personalities, and passionate baseball fans scattered all over the map. You might even recognize some of them from Twitter as some of the main Twitter influencers in MLB Twitter. You can find them on MorningShiftMedia.com or on Twitter or on Facebook. Clock in early, stay up late. Welcome to the morning shift. Alright, welcome back from the break. So let's dig into this Matt Olson versus Freddie Freeman statistically, because that's what we do here at Brave's Dugout. We compare statistics. I did write an article on this for Tomahawk Take. If you like reading better than listening. I did dig into it a little bit now on the podcast platform. I can dig into it even more, which is why I wanted to bring it on here. And it would be fun to talk about just because it's a fun case study. But what I did want to say is that, again, Matt Olsen is not technically replacing Freddie Freeman because Freddie Freeman was already a free agent. So he was not replacing anybody. If anything, he was replacing or upgrading whoever the next first baseman on the depth chart was. At the current time, on the 26th man, the only infielder that was not accounted for as a starter already was Orlando Arcia. So it would have been someone like him or a caliber player of him or less. So Matt Olsen is a huge upgrade to them, obviously. I realize the argument of there are intangibles in the dugout, things like leadership or work ethic, or what have you, but what I do want to say is you can't say no one can replace Freddie Freeman's leadership, so you're going to look me straight in the eyes and tell me Freddie Freeman is the only person on the planet that can display leadership in a dugout. That's absolutely insane. It won't be the exact same leadership, it'll be a different type of leadership, but to imply that Freddie Freeman's leadership is gone forever and it cannot be replaced, that's just dumb. And it doesn't. The leadership doesn't have to be the new first baseman that comes in either. Matt Olson is a lot younger, so he might not take the leadership role. It might be someone like Travis Darno. Maybe Dansby Swanson. Dansby Swanson has been is the longest tenured Brave on the squad. People keep thinking, oh, he's going to have a breakout, breakout year. So people sometimes assume that he hasn't been in the league for a long time. But he has. He's been in the league for a long time. Maybe it's Charlie Morton who's been in the league forever. I mean, there's people that can carry that leadership role. Just because Freddie Freeman had a leadership role doesn't mean it's irreplaceable. Freddie Freeman's personality, maybe, but the leadership itself and the work ethic and stuff can be brought by someone else. So I just want to touch on that. I just think it's kind of bizarre, that argument. It doesn't make any logical sense. But as far as comparing the players statistically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at the last four years because that is when Matt Olsen really took over as the starter for the ace because it's not fair to look at Freddie Freeman's entire career because Freddie Freeman was a lot younger at one point. And so what I want to look at is the last four years because when you're going to be replacing a position i'm not gonna say replacing a player when you are bringing in someone to fill that spot and you want to look at the numbers that they bring you're not looking at someone's entire career as if you're comparing someone's career as like you know like we do with chipper jones and eddie matthews yes you would look at the whole career but we're what we're looking for is what is the value they're going to bring in the future because that's what's going to help the Braves. What's already happened, sure, got the Braves a World Series, which is awesome, helped them get a World Series. But now it's the future, what's going to happen in the future. And so we want to look at the last four years, and maybe even last year as well. Over the past four seasons, Freddie Freeman had 141 OPS+. Plus, if you forgot what that means, it's 41% above league average. His, that's with a 306 batting average, 398 on base percentage and a 532 slugging he had 105 home runs and probably the best thing about his profile is he had a 0.72 strikeout to walk ratio which is absolutely insane that means for every uh, 10 strikeouts he had he had 7.2 walks which in today's game is is almost unheard of he had an excellent run with the Atlanta Braves, and like I've said in the past, I do believe if he can stay healthy, he is on a Hall of Fame trajectory. I'm not going to say he's the first ballot, I don't think so, but I do think that he will have a career at least as good as Fred McGriff's, if not better. And to me, we've said it in the past, the fact that Fred McGriff is not in the Hall of Fame is probably due to him being a journeyman and not because of his stats, which is a travesty. But as you can see, over the past four years, Freddie Freeman has been elite offensively. If I did have to talk about one thing that is kind of a downfall of Freddie Freeman is his defense. Now, he did win a gold glove, and gold gloves are getting better. But we do know that they are not perfect. And I'll give you an example. The year that Freddie Freeman had when he won the gold glove, he actually did have a very excellent defensive season. But defense can fluctuate, just like offense does. It's not like, hey, you're a great defensive player, and you'll be a great defensive player every single year. Sometimes you have better years than you do other years. And this was one of those years that Freddie Freeman won a gold glove because he had eight DRS as a first baseman, eight defensive run saves as a first baseman. It's almost unheard of. Um, And he was third in Sabermetric's defensive index, which which is what actually goes on the gold glove... Ballots for for voters to look at and it accumulates things all across the board. It accumulates You know fan graphs defensive run saves uh, it, it factors in red it factors in stat cast it factors in all of it Which is why I like it It's it's a very cumulative stat because defensive stats can can vary a little bit here and there So if you bring in a lot of them in average amount It is a good indication of how well the the player did and in 2018 you could definitely argue that freddie freeman deserved a gold glove he was third at his position in sdi he had eight defensive runs saved in one season however over the next three years he only accumulated two more defensive runs saved that's total over the next three years he accumulated a negative 2.2 defensive wins above replacement now we do know that defensive wins above replacement does factor in the position as it should which is why first base typically does not have very good defensive wins above replacement so bear that in mind right because it's not like it sdi the ranking you can look at their position drs you can kind of factor it in with their position to kind of understand where they're at against their peers but when you're looking at sdi and things like that Their rankings of their SDI is by their position. If we're looking at defensive wins above replacement, we're looking about everybody defensive across the board. I know we're kind of backtracking here, but this is just a recap of uh, Short in a nutshell. Every defensive position is not valued the same. If it was, why isn't Freddie Freeman playing center field or shortstop? Because he can't, right? First base is not as valuable as those positions. Therefore, his defensive wins above replacement... Is going to be lower which is another reason why first baseman contracts are not handed out like candy like they used to because people are realizing front offices especially that defense is important except for the philadelphia phillies for whatever reason they're signing all defensive guys that should be playing dh i don't get it but hey whatever but if we look at the rankings for sdi freddie freeman which is again saber defensive index Freddie was 11th in the National League for first baseman in 2021, 4th in 2020, 8th in 2019, and 3rd in 2018. This is the National League first baseman. So that's not first baseman across Major League Baseball. That's first baseman just in the National League, which if you look at starting first baseman, that would be, your rank would be 1 through 15. Sometimes, you know, there's split times. There may be a 16th or 17th in that ranking, but... That's not excellent. That was one excellent year, and average or below average the others. Okay. From a base running standpoint, though, Freddie Freeman is one of the best first basemen as far as base running goes. And what I like to look at most of the time with base running is, especially with people like first basemen that are not going to be stealing a lot of bases, is I want to look at ultimate base running, which factors in base running decisions and all of that. Outside of just steals because as we know or as we should know there's more to base running than just stealing a base Since 2018 Freddie Freeman accumulated 3.4 ultimate base running now 2.7 of that came from just 2021 alone for so for whatever reason He really really worked on his base running this past year and it showed and just for reference Brian Reynolds who was a guy a lot of us were talking about with the Pirates He's probably the closest to Freddie Freeman last year with a 2.6 ultimate base running. So Freddie Freeman ran bases like a a top-tier center fielder did last year. That's how good he was on the base paths. So if you look at all those numbers, defense, base running, offense, all together over the past four years, Freddie Freeman accumulated 17.1 wins above replacement, which is excellent. Very good. Most... Most MLB players do not accumulate 17.1 wins above replacement in their entire career. If we want to look at StatCast over the past year, Freddie Freeman has been great as well. Average exit velocity, he was in the top 15% of the league. Max exit velocity, top 10%. His hard hit rate is the top 23%. And his expected on-base average was a top 2%. That's due to a lot of walks. His expecting batting average led Major League Baseball. So... That shows that he actually could have had a better batting average than he actually had which was already good his expected slugging percentage was top 4 percent his barrel percentage was top 23 percent which is when you hit the ball squarely basically and his strikeout percentage was top 14 percent and what i mean by that is he struck out less like top higher like a top 14 percent and strikeout percentage is good not the other way around and his walk rate was was the top 13%. Now, Freeman ended 2021 with an OPS plus of 133, which was his lowest since 2015. Was there some bad luck in there? Sure, there was. He was having some extremely bad luck in the first half of the year. If you look at his uh, batting average of balls in play and things like that, and, and his peripherals like this, he did have some bad luck. We talked about that a little bit. Now let's move on to the Braves' new first baseman, who is Matt Olson, that we're gonna have for eight years at least. Which is I'm so thankful that Alex Anthopoulos did not mess around with that. Once he got him, he brought him in for a long haul. Now Matt Olson played a little bit less than Freddie Freeman did, so counting stats are not going to be exact because Freddie Freeman played in Freddie played in ninety eight point seven percent. Of the games, which, as we know by his philosophy, absolutely makes sense. Whereas Matt Olsen played in 92.4% of his games. Both are good enough, though. I mean, I will take 92.4% any day. I think that more comes down over the past four years, managerial decisions of giving players rest. The reason I say that is things like counting stats, like home runs or whatever. If you look at home runs per at bat, things like that. That come does come into play when you're looking at this stuff. But Matt Olson, since 2018, is when he started being a starter. Had 92.4% games played. He slashed a 254 batting average. Now, a lot of people are stuck on that batting average. It's a lot lower than Freddie Freeman's. He's had a 348 on base percentage, again, lower than Freddie's. And his slugging percentage has been slightly lower at 501. Once it's adjusted across the league in the parks, That has been a 132 OPS plus, which is still 32% above league average, which is insanely good. He had 118 home runs over the past four years, which is, again, very, very good. And his he had a 0.49 walk-to-strikeout ratio, which is good, but it's obviously not to the Freddie Freeman level, right? So, basically, for every... 10 strikeouts he had 4.9 walks defensively though matt olsen has been the best in major league baseball like as far as first basemen go since 2018 he's accumulated 0. 0.7 defensive wins above replacement which is very very good for first baseman considering most of them have a negative defensive war because from a positional standpoint it has the least value of any position playing a first baseman you're already in the hole defensively as far as uh, defensive wins above replacement he had 34 and by he matt olsen obviously 34 defensive runs saved just since 2018 freddie freeman had 11 defensive runs saved in his entire career okay like it's it's not like, oh, Matt Olsen is slightly better than Freddie Freeman defensively. He's way better than Freddie Freeman defensively. In SDI, he placed third in the American League in, for first baseman in 2021, third in 2020, first in 2019, and first in 2018. From a base running standpoint, he's not as good as some may expect. Right? Be, yeah, a lot of times our minds go to, well, if they're good at defense, that means they're fast, which means they're good at base running. Nope, it's just not the case. It's just not. Maddelson, not very good at base running. He accumulated negative 1.9 UBR since 2019, although he did have a positive 1.9 in 2021. So him and Freddie Freeman both worked on their base running and got a lot better. So they they're both, both of them are not terrible. Like, Freddie Freeman is very excellent as far as first baseman go. Matt Olsen is getting better at base running, which that's a good sign. He just hasn't been to Freddie Freeman's level. If you factor in all those numbers, you will see that he had a 15.4 above replacement over the past four years. Now, Freddie Freeman played more games, but it's not enough to say, oh, well, Freddie... If Freddie Freeman would have played the same amount of games as Matt Olson, it would have been a tie. It's not. Freddie Freeman had more wins above replacement over the past 4 years. However, Matt Olson had a much better season last year than Freddie Freeman did. He beat him out 5.8, which is insane for a first baseman. That's insane for a first baseman. He had 5.8 wins above replacement to Freddie Freeman's 4.7. So we looked at the last four years, right, and as we should have, but what I kind of want to do is look at, you know, we, we talked about Freddie Freeman's peripherals from last year. So I'm going to say what Matt Olson's peripherals were for last year. His average exit velocity was a top 13%. His max exit velocity is top 5%. So as you can see so far, Matt Olsen hits the ball harder than Freddie Freeman does. His hard hit percentage was top 13%. And now, we talked about Freddie Freeman's expected weighted on base average and expected batting average being insanely good. Matt Olsen's expected on base average is not much worse. It's still the top 10% in the league. It's not a big drop-off. Now, his expected batting average is top 32%. Still top tier, but it's not obviously not the same level as Freddie Freeman. He's not going to get as many hits as Freddie Freeman, But his hits that he does get are just as, if not more impactful, which is part of the equation, right? His expected slugging percentage last year was top 16%. His barrel percentage was top 18%. His strikeout percentage was top 24%. And his walk rate was top 8%. So even though his walk rate to strikeout rate is not what Freddie Freeman's is, he's still getting on base at an excellent clip, and he's hitting the ball harder and hitting more home runs than Freddie Freeman is. In 2021, this panned out to him being Olsen having a much better off OPS plus than Freddie Freeman at a 153. I'll take a 153 in a year. That's 53% better than league average. That's the highest of his career. So Matt Olson had the best offensive year of his career last year. Freddie Freeman had his worst since 2015 so let's compare the two some some key statistics here let's break them down side by side we've looked at them both kind of done a deep dive on both of them individually let's recap over the past four years freddie freeman leads matt olson by eight percent when it comes to ops plus but over the last year matt olson leads by 20 percent which is massive Home runs over the past 4 years, Matt Olson leads by 13, playing 6% less games. Walk strikeout ratio over the past 4 years, Freddie Freeman leads by 2.3 walks per 10 strikeouts. Wins above replacement over the past 4 years, Freddie Freeman leads by 1.7, but wins above replacement last year, Olsen leads by 1.1 in only 1 year. Defensive runs saved over the past 4 years. Matt Olson leads by 24, not even close. SDI positional ranking average, so if you average over the past four years what their defensive ranking was for first baseman, Olson leads by having an average of second place for first baseman in the league, whereas Freddie Freeman averaged 6.5 in the rankings. Big difference. Freddie Freeman was about slightly above league average where Matt Olson was the best. Pretty much, other than one other person. And then ultimate base running over the past four years, Freddie Freeman leads by a lot, 5.3, which is absolutely insane. But over last year, Freddie Freeman led by 0.8. So it's clear to see. If we're looking at a larger sample size of the past four years, Freddie Freeman has the edge over Matt Olsen by 1.7 wins above replacement. is pretty straightforward. Uh, with a slight edge in offense, a huge edge in base running, but a huge deficiency in defense. Matt Olsen's way better defensively. However, Freddie Freeman, if we're looking at the past year, is trending down, which is odd for someone going into free agency. Typically, Someone has their best year going into free agency. they worked really hard in the offseason. I don't know if it was a bit of a hangover from the World Series. And don't get me wrong. It's a bad year for Freddie Freeman standards. It was still an excellent season. Whereas Matt Olson, who didn't know he was going into free agency, was just being Matt Olson, worked hard and had the best year of his career. Now, they both have changes of scenery. But one is trending down, being Freddie Freeman. One is trending up being Matt Olson. Matt Olson is younger, he ended up being cheaper as far as uh, the payroll goes every single year. Reddy Freeman's from California and he left the Braves to go to California, whereas Matt Olson was playing in California and is from Georgia, came home to Georgia. It's kind of interesting. It's a fun case study. What I want to leave you is with this. I'm happy that the Braves signed Matt Olsen. We all wanted Freddie Freeman. I won't say we all, but a lot of us wanted Freddie Freeman back. But we knew some of us knew there was a possibility he would leave. And if he was, this was the best possible plan B, and it happened. And what we've seen with the free agency that the Braves has had, the offseason, this might have been the right choice statistically to do. Because you don't want to overpay an aging first baseman when you can get a younger one and use that money saved to bring in a supporting cast, which the Braves have done. So what I want to leave with is it's okay to be sad that Freddie Freeman left and be happy that Matt Olson is coming in. They are not mutually exclusive. What I would encourage you to do, again, is take the reports from the Braves front office and... How Freddie Freeman has perceived the whole situation. I won't say how he's acting because you know the way he talked about Alex and Thabalu kind of was a bit gutting. What I think was what happened is Freddie Freeman's not understanding. He doesn't understand either that, or he's mad because that trade hurt his hurt his free agency value. So right now he's a little upset that he lost some money because the Braves traded for Matt Olson so quickly and they called his bluff. But either way, what I want to leave with is there's no reason that you need to be mad at Freddie Freeman. And there's no reason you need to be mad at Alex Anthopoulos. It seems that everything worked out for the best. The Braves are going to be a better team this year statistically on paper than they were last year. And a lot of that was because of the money saved from the Freddie Freeman contract. Freddie Freeman moved back home. And we can be thankful for him being in the last 15 years of his career in the Atlanta organization. He got an MVP while in a Braves uniform. He played more years for the Braves than anyone has since Chipper Jones and he capped it off with a World Series one that we did not think would happen that year because of all the injuries he carried the team when Ronald Acuna was hurt. We need to be thankful for what Freddie Freeman brought to the Braves. Do not be mad at him and we do not need to be mad at Alex Anthopoulos. Another thing we don't need to do is constantly compare Matt Olsen to Freddie Freeman and put pressure on him to carry the team like Freddie Freeman did. That's not his job. That's not why Alex Anthopoulos brought him in. He brought him in to fill a hole at first base, not to replace Freddie Freeman. It's not the same thing. So I know that we compare them statistically just now, but the reason for that is I'm more so looking at the statistics that were brought to us from the first base position. Okay, and to kind of encourage you that even though Freddie Freeman is gone, it is not a drop-off statistically with Matt Olson coming in. All right, that is the first episode of season three. Thank you so much for coming back this year. I know it a little throws you off a little bit with the hiatus every single year, but I think it's great so that we can refresh and focus on our families and maybe find some more baseball podcasts that you like. More content is better, and I encourage it. Thank you so much for joining in. Don't forget to check out the show on Facebook. We've got a group and a page. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Braves.gov pod or my personal Twitter at sp Sports. Don't forget to leave five-star rating on Apple or wherever you get your podcast. We have a website, all that stuff. It's all in the show notes, so just click on Anchor or wherever you're listening good pods i encourage good pods go to good pods check the show notes and you will see where you can find us thank you so much i cannot wait to talk to you guys next week as always go braves